today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Romans. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com And if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now. Let me invite you to go ahead and take your Bible and turn with us, because I know it's going to be a blessing to you. Romans chapter 8, let's pick it up with verse 3. Paul said, for what the law could not do. Now, the law he's talking about there is the law of Moses. And what could the law not do? Well, if you look down in the latter part of that verse, it says condemn sin in the flesh. The law couldn't condemn sin in the flesh. It condemned the individual. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The law demands obedience from the flesh. And this flesh has been so weakened because of the fall, it cannot do that which is spiritual. Paul said, if you look down in verse 10, that the body is dead because of sin. And latter half of verse 3, the Bible says, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. God reduced himself down to a man in the likeness of sinful flesh, born of the Virgin Mary. In other words, there was no conception that took place as it pertains to Joseph and Mary. Everything that was needed as far as Jesus Christ was provided by the Holy Spirit The only thing that Mary did was carry baby Jesus in her womb during that period of time until Christ was born. He was born of the Virgin Mary. And like I said, Mary and Joseph had absolutely nothing to do with the conception of Christ. And because of that, Jesus Christ did not have a sin nature. Okay, He did not have a sin nature, although he had the form and the likeness of sinful flesh. He looked just like any other man, but he did not have a sin nature, and he was able to keep the law of God perfectly. And it tells us right here in verse 3, and for sin. That right there is the very reason why... Jesus came into this world to condemn sin in the flesh. The sin nature had to be addressed in man before the righteousness of the law could be fulfilled, if you'll look there in verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now, that's God's will, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled. It's God's will for us to live a life of holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. 
But none of us have the ability to produce righteousness and holiness. It's not in us. All of our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. But God demands righteousness and holiness. And it wouldn't be fair for God to demand something and we not have it. or have no way to get it unless God gives it to us. And when Jesus died on Calvary, that's where the transfer took place. He took our sins and gave us His righteousness. And that's where our righteousness is at. It's all in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice here that the righteousness is fulfilled in us. It's fulfilled in us. It's not by us doing outward things or not doing particular outward things. It, it is something that is done in us. Paul said, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, walking after the Spirit is meeting the conditions of the law of the Spirit up in verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's simply... You and I keeping our faith in Christ and what he did for us at the cross. And if we will do that, the Holy Spirit will work to bring about the righteousness of the law in us. Now, some people, when I say that, probably have the question, well, you mean all I've got to do then is believe? Yeah. All you've got to do is believe, and the Holy Spirit inside of you will guide you from there. But now here's the thing. You've got to yield to the Spirit. You've got to cooperate with the Spirit. Look at what he said there. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That gives the idea of the Holy Spirit up here doing the leading. And we're yielding ourselves and we're following after the Spirit. And we're doing so willingly. Look at verse 5, Romans 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh. Now, that means that we're trying to live for God by our own machinations, our willpower, self-effort education, and so forth. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Our minds are constantly wondering, have I read enough scripture today? If you're following after the flesh, you're minding the things of the flesh, you'll find yourself when you're praying, you, you, you'll look up at the clock. Because I got to pray at least 10 minutes a day. Y'all follow what I'm saying? That's walking after the flesh. When you're praying and you're looking at the watch or looking at the clock, you're, you're in the flesh. And, and, and we preachers are bad for getting in the flesh when we get the idea, well, I got to fast so much during the week because if I don't fast so much, then the Lord's not going to anoint me Sunday morning to preach. His anointing is by His grace. It's not by me doing or not doing certain things. Now, 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 fasting will definitely help you. But, you know, we, we get this idea that we've got to do so much of this, and now God owes me something. God don't owe you nothing. He don't owe you no anointing. He don't owe you no healing. 
Everything God gives us is a gift. We simply receive it by faith, and that's walking after the Spirit. All right. How do we know that we're walking after the flesh? We're minding the things of the flesh. We're placing too much emphasis on what we're doing instead of Christ and what He has already done. That's how you know if you're walking in the flesh. When you do that, you're always wondering, well, have I done enough? But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. If we'll set our minds to what Jesus has done and believe it, then we'll receive the things of the Spirit. We'll receive fruit of the Spirit. There'll be fruit of the Spirit that develops in our hearts and lives. If you will, go over to Galatians chapter 5. I want to take a look at the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. There's some good stuff here in this chapter, Galatians chapter 5. Let's back up to verse 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. This I say then walk, order your behavior in the Spirit. This I say then walk in the Spirit. How do we do that? By simple faith in the finished work of Christ. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now that tells us something there. The sin nature can be shut down, but the damage to the flesh has already been done. And the flesh can have evil desires, although the sin nature is shut down. You follow what I'm saying? That's why you have some Christians that have problems with cigarettes, alcohol, eating too much, going to the hog trough. This flesh desires things that it ought not to. Just because the flesh has an evil desire, that don't mean that there's an active sin nature there. The sin nature can be shut down. It's the flesh now that's still wanting to do some things. See, see, our biggest problem is not so much the sin nature as it is this flesh desiring and wanting things that, you know, like I said, the flesh is weak. All right, verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other. Both of these, the flesh and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other. But the Holy Spirit can and will subdue the flesh if we'll keep our faith anchored in the finished work of Christ. All right. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other. For the flesh is contrary to the spirit, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Kind of reminds me of a situation that Paul had in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 and 15 and verse, verse 19, where he said, The thing I want to do, I'm not doing, and what I hate, that's what I find myself doing. And why was Paul doing that? He was trying to live for God through and by the means of the flesh, by law-keeping. And if we allow our faith to shift from Christ and what He's done to law-keeping, which depends on our own self-efforts, 
then the sin nature is going to have a revival and we're going to find ourselves doing what it says right here. You won't be doing the things that you would. All right, verse 19. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. If we're led of the Spirit, we'll be empowered by the Spirit and the righteousness of the law will be fulfilled in us. That's what we just said a few minutes ago. Romans 8 and verse 4. The righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us. All right, now Paul goes to list in verse 19 the works of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. If we try to live for God through and by the means of law keeping, the sin nature is going to have a revival, and one or more of these sins is going to be manifested. Take a look at it. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This right here tells us how important it is to keep our faith anchored in the finished work of Christ. Because if, if we allow our faith to shift to our own self-efforts, the sin nature is going to have a revival. And as Paul said, it, it was all kinds of evil concupiscence, all kind of evil desires. Paul was doing things he didn't want, didn't want to be doing. You can read about it there in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans. But one or more of these things is going to come manifested in your life if your faith is not properly placed where it ought to be. All right, now verse 22. Here's what we really want to see happening in our hearts and lives. Fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There don't need to be a law against those types of things. I want you to notice that all of this is fruit of the Spirit, and it's not of man. Now, you can go to the Bible and bookstore and buy books from different preachers, and they'll give you a 12-step program. If you'll do this and you'll do that, then you'll see this develop in your life. Change your habit for three weeks, and you'll begin to see this. What I'm talking about and what this is talking about right here, these are supernatural things that is produced inside of you through and by the Holy Spirit. It's not you doing this and doing that, going through a 12-step program or changing your habits. It's through and by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. These things will become developed in your life but it's all as we 
keep our faith anchored in Christ, and we yield to the Holy Spirit and do what He says do. All right, verse 24. And they who are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Again, this can only be done by faith. And our understanding, Romans chapter 6, where the Bible says that we were baptized into his death, buried with him by baptism into death, and raised with him uh, in a newness of life. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We were raised with Christ when he came out of that tomb, a new you came out of that tomb with him in the mind of God. You were born again of the Spirit of God the moment you got saved. And now we're to walk out this newness of life, to walk in a newness of life. That's what Paul said there in Romans chapter 6. And we're to live our lives daily by faith, in the finished work of Christ. And if we'll do that, the fruit of the Spirit will be developed in our lives. All right, let's go back to Romans 8 and verse 6. Romans 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. Now, some people look at that and they say, Well, Brother James, that's somebody, that's a Christian that's sitting at home watching TV tonight when they should be in church. Well, that's a Christian that's out hunting or fishing on Sunday morning when they need to be in the church house. That's carnally minded. Might be, but that ain't what Paul's talking about here in this particular verse. To be carnally minded is the same as walking after the flesh, minding the things of the flesh. Paul said, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded places all the weight on ourselves. It depends on our performance. But walking after the Spirit places all the weight on the Holy Spirit to perform in us. The righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us. But that's only as we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and cooperate with the spirit that that's your part right there if you want to know what your part is and, and if a preacher stands up and says you know well god's done his part now you got to do your part that's what we mean when we say that god's done his part your part is to keep your faith anchored in christ and then follow after the spirit the spirit will will lead you he will guide you all right verse 7 romans 8 verse 7 because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Now that goes right back to what we just read over in Galatians 5 and verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to the other. Romans 8 verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I was talking with someone a while back. Life had come at them pretty hard. They had a lot of questions. And we sit down and we got to talking. 
And every time I'd answer one question, they'd hit me with another. I'd answer that question, and they'd hit me with another. And and we were just hitting a brick wall here. We we won't really getting anywhere and I could tell they were starting to get a little frustrated and and I was praying in my spirit Lord you you've got to you've got to help me here you've got to help me say something here don't we're going to lose this one and the Lord reminded me of 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 flip over there right quick if you will you need you need to see this 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. I'll give you a minute to turn there. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Look at that. Let me read it again. The natural man, talking about the man out here that's not saved. He's trying to use his brain to figure out everything. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And the moment that scripture came to my mind, that's when I realized what the problem was. Sitting there talking with this individual, they're not, they're not getting what I'm saying because it has to be spiritually discerned. And the first thing that popped in my mind, this person ain't saved. So I just asked them point blank, are you saved? And that's when we hit it right there. No, I'm not saved. Well, I got baptized when I was a kid, but I didn't really understand all it was, you know, what, what all does that mean? So we went down the Roman road and... Ask them, did they want to accept Christ as their Savior? And they did, and I prayed with them and led them to the Lord. And all of their questions were not answered. Okay? But let me tell you something tonight. If all of our questions were answered, then we wouldn't need faith, now would we? Hello? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So there's always going to be some questions. But I can tell you, this person has got some peace of mind about some things now that they didn't have before. And it won't because they sit down and talk with the preacher. They, they finally got in touch with the counselor, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said in the book of Revelation, I counsel you. You go to the Lord in prayer and talk to him. Tell him about all your problems. And you'll feel a peace in your heart and have some peace of mind about some things. All right, Romans 8, verse 9. But ye, he's speaking to believers here, but ye are not in the flesh. Now, wait a minute, all of us here tonight are in the flesh. Okay, so Paul is not talking about the meat on your arm. He's not talking about this physical body that we use to relate to the world. He's talking about how to live for God. By your own self-effort, willpower, that sort of thing. 
but ye are not in the flesh. Talking about depending upon the flesh for salvation and in our everyday living for God. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. The only way the Spirit of God can dwell in you is if you're saved. The only way you can understand the things of God is if you're saved. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going away, and I'm going to send you a, a, a comforter. And he will teach you, and he will lead you, he will guide you into all truth. So you've got to have the Holy Spirit. This is a spiritual book, and you've got to have the Holy Ghost in you in order to understand it. See? You know, and I had a young man some time ago said, said, James, I'm, uh, I'm taking religion in, in college, and one of my things is I've got to read one of the books of the Bible. And he said, I'm having a hard time understanding it. I said, are you saved? No. Well, that's why you can't understand it. It's spiritually discerned. See? Did he get saved? No. That's why I get a kick out of some of these newscasters up there quoting Scripture, some of these politicians up there quoting Scripture. They're trying to understand it with the natural mind, see? And they get all the way off out here in left field. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. And you think about that for a moment. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the convicting. I've heard people say before, I went into church and that preacher was talking straight to me. It's almost like he followed me home, saw everything I was doing. No, I didn't follow them home, see what they're doing. I'm just following the leading of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is beating up on that, that bottom. Hello? The Holy Ghost convicts, see? And, and, and when you're convicted, you don't feel too good. That's why I don't like these feel-good so-called churches. You get a church full of folk that ain't saved. See, because if there ain't no conviction, there ain't going to be no salvation. You get a church full of people that ain't saved. And that's why you got all kinds of mess going on in churches. Okay, let me leave that alone. The Holy Spirit convicts people of sin when the Word of God is preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes inside of the person the moment they exhibit faith. He comes inside, He binds up the sin nature, renders it ineffective, and then he begins to clean up their life. See, just because a person gets saved, that don't mean that they're perfect. That don't mean that they're walking on water. See, the Holy Spirit's got to clean up now. And he'll clean us up as long as our faith is maintained in the finished work of Christ. That's called sanctification. He'll clean us up. Somebody told me a long time ago, said, James, if you'll catch them, God will clean them. All right. Romans 8, verse 10. And if Christ be in you, Christ is in us through and by the Holy Spirit, 
He said the body is dead because of sin. The Holy Spirit inside of us is more powerful than our own self-effort. You know, it's like back in the day when they didn't have electricity. They used these oil lamps. Any of you remember those days? The old oil lamps. My mama remembers the day of the oil lamp. She'd get home from school and she'd have to go in there and get her home get her homework up while the sun was shining because then she'd have to get it up at night with that oil lamp and couldn't see too good. Well then they run them lines across the field and hooked it up to the house and they had one of them pull chains up there in the ceiling and you pulled that thing and man it just lit the whole house up. I mean it put off so much light compared to that little old oil lamp they used to have. And uh the power of the Holy Spirit is like that pull chain. It is more powerful than that old oil lamp of the flesh. You see? That's why Paul said the body is dead because of sin. Don't put any dependence in this flesh. It won't work. All right? He said, if you be in Christ, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin and the spirit of life because of righteousness only the holy spirit can bring about a life of righteousness only the holy spirit can do that and verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you the same power that raised jesus from the dead is the same power that will quicken or give us the power in these physical bodies to live a life that's pleasing to god If the program today has been a blessing to you, we hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.